0: Thank you so much. Yeah, I have to preach after that, you know. Yes. My goodness. My kiddos. Bye, kiddos. We love y'all. Amen. Isn't it beautiful to see all these children? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord for our children. Uh, what a, uh, if y'all have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Luke. Uh, book of Luke. It's going to be in chapter 9, verses 57 <coughs> through 62. Uh While you're turning there, I've got a picture here that was left on my desk. If anybody recognizes these people, this was found, uh, I think, in a Bible or fell out of somebody's Bible. Uh, It was uh, taken on 9/11 of 2010. So if y'all recognize any of these people, this is your picture. So I don't know any of them. Found in the church. Uh, I want to tell you something before uh, before we get uh, into the message. Um, last yesterday if you weren't here, it was about, we had a good time. And if y'all see those flat things out there, that's are something wet right now, those are bouncy houses. And uh, there was even some old people got in there. I won't tell y'all a story about the bouncy houses before I get started preaching. Uh, they were in the, there was uh, John, my son, and, and uh, Wyatt, and Jacob, and a few of the other larger little boys were in there and they were playing WWF Rascal. Right? And John being the bully, he was body slamming them little boys in there, and of course some of them hard to pick up. And they body slammed you too. <laughs> anyway, somebody we decided it was time to, to stop what we were doing, so somebody goes over there while they're in this bouncy house body slamming each other and they unplugged the blower that holds that thing up. <laughs> and so it all comes just floating down on top of their heads and they're in there in that flat And John looked at Jacob and he said, uh, see what you did, you knocked a hole in it. Well, he took that to heart. And I was in the fellowship hall, and he came up in there and he was confessing. I mean, he was looking he was <laughs> And his mom had to interpret for me, she said he thinks he's not holding him <laughs> a And so I had to convince him that he didn't do that. And so this morning we were talking back there in the back when, when we were together, and they said, John is mean. <laughs> <laughs> John is mean. He's believe they heard they told the bounty off. But uh. well, he's a bad guy now, so y'all don't believe nothing John Terry tells y'all. Uh, now they gotta sit by me okay? Yeah, just so they can't sit with you now. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we had a great time and uh, I want to uh, thank everybody for all the help and we had some guys came out early yesterday. It was hot yesterday too, y'all. And uh and it was still a great time and we're gonna try to do that again. When it cools off in October, maybe, I don't mind talking to anybody about it, but uh, when it cools I don't know about the bounty houses, we'll have to see about that, but anyway, we had a great time of fellowship, and so thank you for everyone that came out and took of that, it was really good, and it was, uh, you know, there ain't a better way to get to know the kids in the church than to do something like that with them, amen, amen, so uh, Luke chapter 9, we're going to be reading verses 56 through 62, And this scripture, this sermon is entitled, The Three Men. The Three Men. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, follow me. And he said, Lord, suffer me to go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury the dead. bury their dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee. But let me go first and, and bid them uh, farewell, which are at my home, At my house. And Jesus said unto him. No man having put his hand to the plow. And looking back. Is fit for the kingdom of God. Father thank you for your word. sometimes your word. rings truth. And sometimes the truth that it rings forward. Is not very well received by many. So Lord help us to realize. That no matter what we read in your word whether we like it or not your word is absolute truth and only truth will set us free so lord help us not to try to change the word to adhere to our personal beliefs but help us change ourselves to adhere to the truth that jesus christ has spoken to us all Oh, Lord, thank you for this work. <laughs> Speak to us as only you can do. And may it be received in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now there's no doubt about it that Jesus Christ came to save us. Amen. Amen. And I'm so glad he did, aren't you? Amen. I am so glad for salvation. There is nothing, nothing, nothing in this world more important than being saved by Jesus Christ. There's nothing on this planet that can take precedent over that part of your life. It must happen in order for you to go to heaven. Amen? Amen? And there's only two places that we go in eternity. One is heaven and one is hell. There's no in between. There's heaven and hell. And the only way to get to heaven Is through a saving relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. No other way. And so we need to understand that. So being saved is not a one-time event. I want you to know that. Uh, Now, I do believe in the eternal security of the believer. I believe in that. But that is the starting point of your life of salvation salvation is not this one-time event where you get saved and you, okay, my name's written down, so I'm just going about my rat killing, I don't have to do anything else, and when I die, I'm just going to heaven, a miraculous thing, that is a miracle, okay? But the problem with that idea is it is not scriptural. That's right. Y'all hearing me? It is not scriptural. It is not scriptural. So being saved is the beginning of living one's life in the Spirit for the glory of God. Amen. That's what we're called to do. We are called to glorify, We're with the Spirit to give glory to God. And the old man dies, and the new man lives in Christ. He walks in light. He's led by the Spirit. And the Bible declares in Romans chapter 8, verse 14, that those people who are led by the Spirit of God, who walk in the light of God, who are filled with the Spirit, are the children of God. That it, that's who it says it is. And so you can argue with that all you want to, but we are to get saved, be filled with the Spirit, and walk in Him. We are to be a display of Christ Jesus in us, the hope of glory. And the world is supposed to see that. And when the world don't see anything but the world in us, we are in a heap of trouble. Amen? Amen? And so Jesus, uh, and if y'all look back on, on all of chapter nine, man, there's a wonderful thing. Luke, if you remember, uh, Luke wrote this and he made the, the uh, statement that he put everything in order as it was given to him. So he writes the gospel of order. And, uh, and, and, and Jesus has done some miraculous things in this. The beating of the 5,000, uh, the transfiguration, the healing of a boy and, uh, 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 that was demon-possessed, and he predicts his death, and he tells us who the greatest in the kingdom is, and that's going to be the one who serves everybody. And, and there's just a lot of stuff that goes on here, and it gets right at the end of this chapter where men uh, put the division in it, and, and he, he tells us about these three men. I don't know that I've ever heard a sermon preached on this topic right here. And, and I'm going to tell you why. Because we all have our ideas of what it is and means to come to Jesus Christ for salvation. Well, I want to go ahead and tell you this. You don't get to come to Jesus on your terms. Right. Amen. I wish it was so. And and our eagerness sometimes to see the numbers of the church increase, to see the money of the church increase, we just welcome people in and and we ought to be welcoming people. We ought to welcome everybody. But when it comes to salvation, it is a serious thing and a person needs to know without a doubt that they know jesus christ they must have the salvation experience as expressed in the bible and we must be saved that way and to tell somebody they're saved when you when you don't know is not doing them a big favor amen. amen amen and so there's things that we need to do so jesus christ after all this stuff going he's on his way to jerusalem and the Bible says that, uh, you know, they had gone into Samaria, and he's on his way to Jerusalem, and they get angry because he's not going to stay there and do what he needs to do. Well, they don't realize that he's thinking to go to Jerusalem to die. And so he's got to go there because that's what the prophecy said. So the, the Samaritans get angry, and they kind of reject Jesus. Now, he met the woman at the well in Samaria, okay? and so he, he, this is the area he's in and we know that they had a revival that they believed on him he stayed there several days but this time he says I'm not staying here and they get mad at him and reject him and James and John says you want to call down fire from heaven and kill all these folks for you? that's what they said have y'all ever felt like doing that to people? huh? amen Anyway, Jesus told them, he said, no, you don't know what manner of spirit you are, for the Son of Man has not come to destroy men's life. He has come to save them Amen. It, and Amen? That and that's not in our scriptural text. Just a couple of verses before that. And so he just simply does what? He goes to another village. If they reject him, he simply moves on. And as he moves on and he's going, he's got this entourage, if you will, with him. He's got his disciples. We don't know exactly how many disciples he has that's following him. We know at one point he picked 12 out of there to be apostles out of that uh, group of disciples that was following him. It's a much larger group it, other than just 12. And and people see Jesus and they see his entourage. And you know, have y'all ever saw on TV and you see these famous uh, movie stars and are singers especially and they've always got this entourage that follows them around and makes them feel really important, look really important. Jesus looked this way and all these people were <laughs> following him because they believed on him he was their master, he was their leader and so this guy sees that and he decides I want some of that too. I want to be a part of that. Now ain't nothing wrong with that is it? There ain't nothing wrong with wanting to be a part of the church. There ain't nothing wrong with wanting to be a part of, of, of Jesus Christ. That's a good thing, isn't it? Yep. And so look at what he said. It came to pass that they went in the way, and a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee wherever you go. Now, we thinking, cool, that sounds good, don't Is that what Jesus said? He didn't, did he? Matter of fact, you get the impression that Jesus didn't really like what he said at all. Well, why would that be? Why would that be? Well, for one thing, following Jesus is not a casual event. It's not about the show. Amen? Amen? It's not about bright lights, giant choirs, orchestras. That's not what Jesus is about. No. Amen? It ain't about the show. It ain't about all the, the stuff that we see that people tell us, if you don't do this, you're not saying. It ain't about none of that stuff. It's, it's, a, it's not a casual event. It's a very, very important event. You don't just say, you know, I believe I follow Jesus. how many of you when you got saved woke up that morning and said I think I'm just going to get saved today if you did we need to talk at the service unless the Lord's already dealing with your heart for salvation but we just don't do that because why because the scripture tells us there is a path to salvation there's a method to the madness it ain't just like I feel like I'm going to be a Christian I'm a Christian hallelujah I'm going to heaven let's go It don't work that way. Amen? Amen. Because Jesus has already told everybody, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. So we know that repentance is a part of that salvation and that path that goes to salvation. Well, let's look at a few things. Let's look at the Scriptures and and what all the uh, the Scriptures have to say about that because Christ is not silent about this stuff. We just don't listen to Him sometimes because we want to go to heaven our way amen oh everybody just say amen going back so there is a path of salvation listen to what john chapter 7 verse 38 we're studying john on wednesday night by the way and we have been been going over all this stuff and this is one of the reasons i think that the lord impressed on my heart that we needed to study john before we ever got into revelation and we're doing that on sunday night if you haven't been here you need to come. it's very interesting but John chapter 7, verse 38, this is what Jesus said. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I quote this Scripture all the time. Because there, the, because Jesus said that he that believeth on me, there's going to be something that comes out of those people. Who Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And it ain't going to look like the world. You, you're not going to be worldly and... Make that proclamation. It don't work that way. Amen. I know this is blunt preaching, but I believe in being blunt with the truth. We know the, need to know the truth because that's what's going to set us free. Jesus also said this in John chapter 6, verse 44. Now listen to this. No man can come unto me. Y'all hear that? No man can come unto me except the Father which hath sent me draw him uh oh you mean I can't even come to Jesus unless I hear that still small voice and feel that guilt and, and feel that desire to come to- that's exactly what Jesus said that's why he said you gotta believe on me as a scripture said you don't get to casually walk up and say hey Jesus it's me i am make me give myself to you ain't you lucky Amen. You know what? Peter did nothing. <laughs> he got me, Amen. but I got everything. Amen. When I got Him, and that's the way we better look at it. I'm filthy, right? I'm damaged. I'm a sinner, and I'm not proud of a business. Praise God, I have been saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, I have been redeemed by that precious blood. And I know Him, and I know I'm saved. Amen. Praise God, it's not a casual salvation. And it's not something that we should treat with recklessness and abandon and let this stinking, lying world proclaim to us, it's got to be this way and this way. Read the scripture, listen to the words of Jesus, follow him, obey him, and do what he tells you to do, and you'll be okay. If you vary from that, If you vary to what thus says so and so and what everybody's believing and what the laws say, you're going to be led astray by thieves and robbers, liars and evil people. And you're going to do things and think that you're okay that you're doing those things when the Word says no, you're not. It ain't casual. It ain't about what you want to do. It's about what thus says the Word of God and what Jesus Christ wants you to do. That's what being led by the Spirit's all about. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, you can't come to the Father except the, uh, to the Son except the Father draw you. And Jesus makes a proclamation to that person that comes that way. He says, on the la- and, and I will raise him up on the last day. There's one more scripture before we move on <laughs> to the next guy. It's found in Matthew chapter 7 uh, verses 21 through 31. Let me read this for you. Amen. John chapter 7, uh, Matthew chapter 7, excuse me, verses uh, 21 through 23. I didn't write these down, I bet you lost in this all the time. Listen to what this scripture says. Not everyone that said, now this is Jesus talking, and he's, he's listening, he's, 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 he's talking about false prophets and the lies that people believe from these liars. You know what a prof, false prophet is? A liar. Those are the people that's telling you it's okay to sin against God. Those are the people that telling you that it's okay to be an abomination, God loves you. These are the people that's telling you God has no wrath. He ain't going to do nothing ugly to you. These are liars. and that's who Jesus is talking to here in these verses and he says in verse uh, 21, "Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven." But he that doeth, y'all, everybody say doeth. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now when you're not doing the will of the Father, what does that mean? You're certainly not glorifying Jesus, are you? And what is our mission once we're saved? To glorify him, to honor him, to proclaim him, to let people see him in us. And if we're living in the base of sin, and we're living in the base of the, the filth and the abominations according to the Bible that the world says is okay, we're not glorifying Jesus, we're glorifying the world and we're glorifying Satan. Amen. Amen. Think about that. You think that you can go to heaven glorifying Satan? I got I got some scriptures you need to read. Amen. Right. And he said, you're going to be doing the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say, now listen to it, many in that will say in that day, what day? The day of judgment. In that day, when it's too late to do anything, to turn around, to repent, to get your life right, to live for Jesus, in that day when it's too late, there's going to be a lot of people wake up that day and it's going to be too late. Amen. They believe the lie. They followed the blind and they fell in the ditch. Mm-hmm. Many will say to me at that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have, have we not cast out devils in thy name? And have done many wonderful works. What did I tell you about the show a while ago? Mm-hmm. They thought if they were just part of the show, they had it made. How many of us are living today as part of the show? Part of the world's display. <laughs> Part of Satan's evil lies. Are we living there? Oh, this is going to get weak. I'm going to get real nosy before this is over with. And then I will profess. That's what Jesus tells these people. I never knew you. I weak for you i weep for these people now. Because we may have some of these very people in our midst today. That's why we don't need to preach a trashy, watered-down gospel of Jesus Christ. People need to know the truth before it's too late. And don't dismiss these things. He said, I'm going to profess to them I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Mm-hmm. Oh my. Oh my. You talk about you know what? Those are the saddest words any human being will ever hear. Right there. Yeah. The greatest ones is come enter into my glory. <laughs> that good and faithful servant. But the worst ones is going to be depart from me. I don't know you. Amen. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which buildeth his house upon a rock. But those who hear these words and don't do them, he's going to say, I don't know who y'all are. God help us to take this seriously. To quit bartering with satan to quit bartering with the world to put our soul salvation in danger to put our 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 mansion in heaven in danger don't do that it's terrible that that people are doing that and so this is the casual that's what the casual acquaintance of jesus christ in a person's life can be Amen? Mm-hmm. We've seen people who were children of God turn to lifestyles that are abominations of God and they feel justified because <laughs> some liar told them it's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not casual. It is not casual. And look what Jesus says to it. He, he don't want you, anybody to think that following him is going to be first class and glamorous. Amen, a lot of people believe that they get saved, they're worried they're over. they just started. Amen. Amen. And he tells this man, he said, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has not where to lay his head. I could preach on this one to the rest of the sermon, but I got to move on. So the, I want you to listen to what he says here. He, he says these things to these people and the scriptures that I read say these things. And I'm not making this thing say what I want it to do. I'm telling you what Jesus Christ himself has said to us <laughs> about our salvation and the importance of knowing. And in and, and John and, Chad, and First John, he said, you need to know without a doubt. You need to be able to say, I know I'm saved. Amen. We better know that. Now let's look at this second man. The second man is uh, verses 59 and 60. The second man said, And Jesus himself spoke to another. And look what he said Follow me. This has worked for Jesus already. Does it work on everybody? Uh uh. Don't. You know, it's amazing how you can sit in a congregation of people and the Holy Spirit's moving and preaching the Word, being proclaimed, and and the Father's drawing people. And there's people who who are going to feel that drawing and they're going to respond and come, but there's other people that will feel that drawing and not come. I was one of them for a long, long time. Amen. How many of you ever felt to call the Lord on your heart and felt the desire to go get saved and you just wouldn't do it? You'd get on hold of that cue and you'd grab over and you wouldn't make that move. What we're talking about here. And so he said, he said, follow me. And look at what this, this man says. Look at what he says. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Well, you know, I thought, well, if his dad's dead, oh well, the Lord will understand that, won't he? But here's the problem. According to Jewish tradition, his daddy wasn't dead yet, or he wouldn't have been there talking to Jesus. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. So what he was really asking the Lord was, Lord, I'll follow you. I- I'm good with that. You ask me, I'm good. But I want to go live the rest of my life at home until daddy dies. <laughs> And then I'll come follow mm-hmm. you. Yeah. You know what he just told the God of all glory who said follow me? Mm-hmm. No. Wait. Wait on me, Lord. When I'm ready. <laughs> this sound arrogant, is, don't you? It doesn't sound when I say it mm-hmm. because that's what it was. Yeah. He's speaking to the Creator. He's speaking to the God in the flesh. And you know what he's saying? Wait. You wait, Lord. You wait. Now the Bible doesn't tell us that the Lord waits on us, does it? It says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary; They shall walk and not faint. That's what the scripture teaches us. It don't teach us to say, wait, Lord, I'll serve you when I get ready. And listen to me. Because when it comes to serving the Lord, that's the way a lot of us serve the Lord. Lord, I'll serve you when it's convenient for me. Dragon, how do you think Jesus feels about that? When we put everything else ahead of him. Hmm. What did you say the greatest commandment was? I said, love the Lord thy God with all the heart, with all the soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And he also said to us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things I'll give to. That's right. He didn't tell us to put all that first and then he'll give himself to us. He said, put me first and I'll give that to you. We got it all backwards, don't we? And so this uh, this that we see in the scripture is uh, Jesus that he told Jesus to wait. Now, me and Brother I'm the two that took experience in God. Some of the others may have done that. A study that we're on. And one thing that, that, uh, that Henry Blackby taught in that was, you never say two words to God. You know what it is? No, Lord. You never say no to God. Uh-huh. And you certainly don't say, you know what saying wait to God is? Uh-huh. Saying no. Say a no. Amen? Saying no. Is what it is, and so when we look at the scriptures and we see these things, when you look at what Jesus did, when he, for instance, in Matthew, uh, when he, uh, uh, Matthew chapter four, verses eighteen through twenty-two, when he went to the, to the boat docks and he saw Andrew and Peter in their boats and they were they were doing something with the nets, and he looked at them and you know what he said, "Follow me," and you know what the scripture said? Immediately. They threw them that down, stepped out of the boat, and he got right on his heels and followed. And as he was walking, he looked over, and there was James and John in another boat. And he stopped it, and he looked at them and said, follow me. And you know what they did? Wait a minute, we're busy. Let's untangle this Why well, Hold it, we got fish. No. The Bible said, immediately. They got up, got out of the boat, and they got right behind Peter and Andrew, and they followed Jesus. And then it didn't stop there. When he went to, he was walking along there, and there was a tax collector. had this tax collector wrote one of the gospels. His name was Matthew. They called him Levi. And everybody couldn't stand him because he worked for the Roman government collecting taxes from the Jewish people. He was a traitor, they said. And you know why Jesus walked up to that man? He didn't say I need to get my taxes done. He didn't say I, I want to pay my taxes. He walked up to Matthew and he he said, follow me. And you know what the Bible said? He got up and left his desk. He left his job. He didn't question Jesus. He just followed him right behind. So Simon and Andrew, and James and John, and now we got Levi. And all he said was, follow me. And the Bible said about all of those men, immediately they did that. But this man said, wait, wait. Wait, I've heard a lot of sermons about does God always give second chances? The answer is absolutely not. Thank God he did, he does, many times. I'm a recipient of his His second chances, third chances, fourth chances, and fifth chances. I was a grown man, forever had sense enough and felt compelled enough to come to Jesus, and I thank God for that. I'm just glad I didn't die before 23 years ago. I split hell wide open. Amen. <laughs> and so we look at these things and, and if you'll remember in, in Acts chapter 24 verse 25 a man named Felix was well, Paul was giving his testimony and, and you know what Felix said to him had the audacity to say to Paul when he was giving his testimony about how great Jesus was and how salvation was <laughs> The Felix looked at Paul and said, go your way. When I have a convenient season, I'll talk to you some more about it. And he said, well man, they all that, people do that in the church house, they're going to do it today. They're going to do it today. They're going to feel compelled to come to Jesus and they're going to sit down and they're going to say, not today, not today, not today, not today. <coughs> what am I going, I got things to do tonight. I got things to do next weekend. I already got big plans next weekend. I can't come up here and what? And that's what the devil likes for you to think while you're of the Lord's drawing. Amen. Amen. How many of y'all ever experienced that? Just go ahead and get your hands up. Because I don't want to be the one with my hands up. I've experienced that a lot. A convenient time, Lord. I'll do it at a convenient time. That's a dangerous thing. Amen. Listen to what, uh, so when he says, follow me, listen, that was not a request from God. When he said, follow me, he didn't have a question mark behind that. <clears throat> follow me? No, he said, Follow me," and the man rejected that, not totally. Just wait, I'll do it when I'm ready. Uh-oh. I know it's quiet here, because y'all, y'all, a lot of y'all are thinking, a lot of people in this church have served God that way. I'll serve you when it's convenient for me. I'll serve you when I ain't got nothing else to do. I'll serve you when it ain't hunting season. I'll serve you if the Cowboys ain't playing today. Uh oh. I sound like one of them ugly preachers now, don't I? God help us. It's not a, it's a, our salvation is not at a time of convenience. Because, see, the Bible tells up me that the time of the Gentiles is going to be fulfilled. Right. And it's going to be awful hard to go to heaven after that for a Gentile. That's it's going to happen. But it's going to be mighty hard. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. For he said, this is a quote uh, Paul did from the book of Isaiah. I have heard thee in a time accepted, in the day of salvation have I su- suffered thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. It's today, y'all. And you in the Old Testament, we know in the New Testament, it's today. Don't put him off; you may not get another chance. And then Matthew chapter six verse thirty-three: "But seek you first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you." That's the second man. The third man. Listen to, and look what Jesus says. The second man left the dead. bury the dead? You know what He's saying. Without me, you're dead. Without me, you're dead. You're a dead man walking. Without me, you go bury the dead and the dead will be buried the dead. And then he said to him, but go and preach the kingdom of God. Don't say the man did. First, let's look at the third man. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go and bid farewell which, which, to those that are at my house. Sounds cool, don't it? You know, my wife, she got to walk down because she can't quit coughing, so I can talk about it now. (coughs) When I got called to preach, I never mentioned it to my wife. She said, you shameful old man. I didn't. You know why? Because God didn't call her to preach. He called me to preach. Now listen to me. Amen. I didn't need to be influenced by outside information. I was trying to hear God. She got a little upset about that. The night, you know, when she found out I got called to preach, when I got up and announced to the church that I was going to, wanted to be ordained because the Lord had called me to preach, and she got, we got in the car going home, and she said, you could have at least told me about it. <laughs> now some of y'all think, well, that ain't right. Some of you women say, "Well, that old man—I <laughs> was sixty when that happened." But let me tell you what—I had to make sure it was God, and He's the only voice mm-hmm. I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Right. And so Jesus, this man says, "Let me go bid farewell to those in my house. Let me go tell them where I'm going." Let me go tell them what I'm doing. Let me go tell them who I've encountered. Let me go tell them about you. And, and you know what that would open the door for? Somebody say, Oh, you don't need to do that. Hey, I hear the rumor. I hear about that Jesus now. Hey, you need to go to the temple where the worship going going. Listen to the Pharisees, what they say about this man. <laughs> Jesus didn't want him compelled. You know what? When Jesus says, Follow me. He means it, and he means it like he did with James and John and Peter and Andrew and Matt and Matthew. Now, mm-hmm. because see, he knows our tomorrow. L- listen to me. He knows your tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You may not have tomorrow that's why the scripture says today is that day when you feel compelled when you feel the father drawing you to the son and you feel that in your heart and you know that you're not right and it's time to go talk to Jesus it's time to get saved it's time to get filled with the spirit you better come on because you might not have tomorrow I wonder how many people have walked out of the service saying I felt that and they didn't go and they never Got to go again. Or fail that again. God help us. You say, brother, you're just trying to scare me. You better believe I'm trying to scare you. This is serious stuff. Amen. Jesus said, do not fear the one who can kill both bodies. Kill your body. You don't fear this world. You don't fear these politicians. You don't fear these laws. You don't fear these riders. You don't be compelled. You don't... You fear the one who can destroy both body and soul. That's God. Amen. Hmm. Third man shows us something again. <coughs> we don't set the conditions to come to God. We don't set those conditions. Let me give you a scripture and I'm picking a close. Let's go to Mark chapter 10. I'm gonna read to you verses 29 through 31. And you say, My family is important to me. Well let me ask you a question. Are they more important to you than Jesus? I've tried to whistle, but I'm trying out. Is your family more important to you than Jesus? This is a question you better ask yourself. Because the answer ain't what the world would tell but well, of course they are. Uh-huh. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Whether you like it or not, agree with it or not, you know, God don't need our agreement for his truth to be true. Amen? <laughs> Amen? Amen. And so I'm going to read you this scripture, so you figure it out for yourself. And this Peter came to him and said, Lord, we've left everything. What about us? I left my wife. I left my house. I've been bothering you all over the place. And we know Peter was married. Because he had a mother in (laughs) law. He did. and, And Jesus said to him, and Jesus answered Peter, and he said, Verily I say unto you, there is no man that has left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father. Or mother, now listen to this. Or wife. Or children. Or lands. For my namesake. In other words, it's only okay if I instruct you to do it. But he shall receive an hundredfold. Now in this time, houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands. With persecutions and in the world to come, eternal life. What did he mean by that? You remember when Jesus was preaching and teaching, and his family came outside and sent somebody in and said, tell tell Jesus uh, his mother and his family out here to see him. You know what he had the audacity to do? He looked at that crowd that was spellbound by him. He looked at that crowd that believed on him. He looked at those who were going to be his children, his followers, and he looked at them and he pointed and he said, Behold my mother. Behold my brother. Behold my sister. That's what he's talking about right here. He's given us a family. The family of God. Amen. And that's what he's given us. Now Romans, I'm fixing to close. I know Romans chapter 1, verse 19, 20. This scripture tells us we don't have an excuse. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power, so that they are without excuse. Because when they, that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God oh my, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Do you know what that means? Do you know what that means? That in their vain imagination, vanity means on yourself, that you thought in your mind that you were good with God when you were doing right the opposite of what the scripture tells you to do. And because you believe that vain imagination, something happened to you. Your heart got dark. What does that mean? You need the light in your heart, not the darkness. Be careful who you believe and what you turn to, thinking you're going to be okay. You may not be. You may not be. Does this all sound callous to you? Does this seem unfair? Jesus made it no secret. Neither did the Father. We are to put him first. We are to put him foremost. We are to seek him first. We are to love him with all of our heart, our soul, our strength, our mind. We never have the right to say, no, Lord, or wait, Lord, till I'm ready. We must grab hold of Jesus, Love him this way. Keep our eyes ahead of, on the prize. And look how Jesus responds in this, in this setting in verse 62. No man, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. We are to look forward, eyes on him, eyes on our prize, and live every day looking at him. Only when we start listening to other voices we get in trouble. We are not saved by an association with Jesus. Amen. We are not saved by an association with a church. We are not saved by church membership. And we're not saved by association with a certain denomination of people. We are saved. We are redeemed by the precious blood, Jesus Christ. Amen. And we are filled with His Spirit. He abides in us. We abide in Him. And we are supposed to show that in our lives. So let's quit playing, church. Let's get into that love relationship with him that is real, that is personal, and let's give him our best effort. And quit telling him to wait till it's convenient for me. And then I'll serve him. Amen. We just stand. Please head bowed, every eye closed. I know this message is not a very popular message. But I think God had these three men to talk to Jesus. And it was recorded for us to know what it looked like when we put him off. When we tell him to wait. When we take him casually. When we take him lightly. Listen to me. We don't have an excuse anymore. God came in his flesh. The Bible said he left his throne in heaven. He came to this earth. He took on a robe of flesh. He went through childhood, He went through puberty. So he would know what it is he would have to do for us. He wanted to understand. He already knew our hearts. He wanted to understand what he had to do to reach me and you. He was tempted in every way like we are that means he was tempted with lust he was tempted with anger how many times did he want to cuss but he didn't do it he wanted to feel the field but he would not succumb to the temptation of sin he was offered land gold Man, women, anything a man would want, he was tempted in every way like we are, and yet he did not sin. Why? Why did he just say, I'll do it like I do? Sometimes I get so overcome with my sinful love that I just yield to it, and I'm so ashamed when I do that and I thank God that he allows me to confess it to ask him to forgive me and he does that thank God for that you know, it's not it's not a casual relationship it's not a wait till I can wait till I'm not so busy cause that's the way we serve him we need to put him first and he said if you'll do that I give you the rest of that. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. A name like mine. Now they're new here. They, they, they just came here this morning and and if I ever get a chance, I'm going to ask him if they made fun of his name when he was a kid and made poetry about it. And they kept me back there and said, we want to introduce you to Jerry Berry. <laughs> this is Jerry Terry. <laughs> so Jerry, your sweet wife, is great to have y'all. And, uh, be one of these days we'll get together and see if it made up for everybody about your name because my name rhymes with a lot of oh, yeah. things, and so right. does yours. And they so made so fun of it so much that I named my son Jerry Berry. He named his <laughs> son Jerry Berry and he married a Terry Berry. <laughs> now, I would write a song about that one of these days like Johnny Cash, a boy named Sue, remember that? <laughs> anyway, they call me I, the Elder Berry. You know what I named my son? Not Gary Terry, I named it John. <laughs> It's good to have you folks and all of our <laughs> visitors today, today. It's good to have you. I just pray that the Lord would continue to speak to your heart and work. We need to lift one another. We need to pray for one another. We need to love one another. We need to tell each other how much that we mean that. Yes. And more importantly, we need to show up. Amen. Yes. Thank God for, for being our Savior. Our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, let's pray and be dismissed. Uh, Brother uh, Jim Boss, would you dismiss us, too? Dear Lord, we just... Once again, come before you, just thank me for the mercy and grace that you have presented for us. Lord, this message, open our hearts and our minds and let us carry this message we've heard today out into the lost world that we live in. Lord, let us always be a light unto you in everything we say and everything we do. And Lord, whenever you speak to us and you tell us, Come follow me. We need to stop what we're doing and do exactly that. Follow you in each and every way that you lead us. Lord, just be with us as we go away from this place. Give us traveling grace as we return to our homes. Lord, just give us an opportunity to come back the next time and go the doors are open. We'll be from here on Amen. Amen. Amen.